Welcome to the Nurture Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Kagan, president of DCA Virtual Business Support. At DCA, we believe in small businesses and the families they support. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. So when growing your business, you have to talk about money. And our guest today is one who has a great track record. She has helped an entrepreneur raise $1.3 million in just 90 minutes after their first session. She's helped a financial advisor increase his closing rate by $4 million a month after just three sessions. And she's helped a real estate firm reach $1 billion in revenue after working with her. Now, this guest, we're going to talk about South Africa documentary that she's been in. She's super exciting. And I want to welcome to the show today, Elizabeth Lewis. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. I very much enjoyed talking to you when we first met. So um, let's first start about your, um, your, your stint in South Africa. You lived there and you did a wildlife documentary, but there was something else about that. Yeah, um, I only lived there for about 40 days because I had to leave due to some riots, but um, it was my last stint in production. I was just like not liking production. I didn't didn't enjoy it. And when I was there, I just started to connect the dots of like maybe what would be more beneficial. And I realized I had some trauma that I didn't know I had gone through. I, that was when I learned like, oh, my life is not <laughs> Not not normal, put that in air quotes. <laughs> and it was like, let's deal with this stuff and get healthy. But it was an extraordinary trip. Okay. And didn't you have an incident with a, a lion? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's actually a really funny story. <laughs> and it sounds so horrible, but part of me kind of wishes it happened, knowing that I would have been safe. But so I was on top of the Land Rover uh, filming the lions and the cubs were very curious. They were about a year, maybe a year and a half old at this time. And the cub was about to jump on the hood of the Land Rover. And I'm on top of the very top of the um of the Land Rover and mommy starts running really fast and aggressive. And you don't worry about the cubs. You worry about mommy. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, Etienne, my ranger, he goes, Liz, don't move. And so I'm like, okay, not going to move. Right. Then I get the worst Charlie horse in my hip. And I go, oh, great. I'm 24. This is where I'm going to die. <laughs> and thankfully, the we, we sprayed some pepper spray for them to smell it. And they'll go away if we can get the, the, the cue right. And I was just like, man, if I had been attacked by a lion, that would have been awesome had I survived. Because I've been like, screw your shark bite. Look at my lion scar. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible story. Incredible. So you said something. That leads me into, uh, I know you work with high performers and you work on a lot of things. You, you know, uh, part of it is the warrior champion mindset, but you also help work through traumas. And, And you just mentioned that. So talk to me about it. Yeah. I mean, so for me, my trauma started at age seven when my dad suddenly died. And then unfortunately, most of my family died. And then my brother was very, very violent towards me, tried killing me my whole life to be Mm. completely blunt. Um, I'm grateful for it now, made me stronger. Um, But that's when I started to experience loss of abuse. I've experienced sexual, physical, verbal, psychological, sexual abuse from more than one person. And unfortunately, when you have trauma, it rewires your brain and it rewires your brain in a, in an, in an aspect that's not healthy and that's not safe for your human development and your psychological development. And so I, that's actually how I fell into this field because I kept going to therapists to try to get over my trauma 
And instead their mouths would drop and be like, wow, you went through all that. And I'm like, great. Yeah. Like, cool. Like don't care to talk about it, care to figure out how to get over it, how to change it. And Mm -hmm. no one could tell me. So I started doing my own research. I got one master's for it. And then um, I learned how to rewire your brain when it comes to trauma so you can start to heal and move forward. And I bring that into my practice because a lot of the things we struggle with as humans do go back to our childhood and sometimes there's trauma. And so we have to learn how to sort that out and heal from it. So when you talk about rewire your brain, it's more than just mindset. It's actually neurology. Mm -hmm. It's like literally rewiring your brain. Like it's, it's like a... It's like when you drive your your main path to the grocery store or whatever, it's like choosing a different route and making that the, the new normal. So where did you study? How did you talk a little bit about that? Because um, this is really fascinating to me. And I know our, our listeners, they're all business owners. And if they're anything like me, they've probably developed a few bad habits that we'd like to get rid of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Who, who doesn't, right? Um, so I, so in 2017, I had no immune system. My body was very much shutting down because this is what trauma does, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And my functional doctor at the time gave me a program called dynamic neural retraining system. And I, I, I was like, okay, whatever, I'll take it. And I started to learn some of the basic neuroplasticity principles. And that's kind of when everything's started to change for me. I've always been obsessed with neuroscience and I'm very analytical. Like I need to know how things work before I buy into anything. Mm -hmm. And so when I started practicing and doing what this one training told me to do, I started to see growth pretty quickly. And then I started to study even more about how do you rewire your brain? And it's very, very simple. It's actually so simple. It kind of like hurts your brain. But part of rewiring your brain is changing your vocabulary. That's the number one thing you have to do. Stop talking about what you're talking about. Get a whole nother vocabulary is step one. Then it's getting really clear on who you want to be because we need that visualization. We need to know like, where are we going? Because if you don't know where you're going, it's going to be really hard to get there. And then there's a lot of um, things you can do when it comes to like when memories come up, especially if you struggle with PTSD or complex PTSD, to start to starve and suffocate those neurons so that you can move towards a new direction. So there's techniques that you can do, but at the end of the day, neuroplasticity is about being um, focused, having that attention to always be consistent with it, and then repetition. Everything comes down to repetition at the end of the day and really having that willingness to keep moving and visualizing it. And sometimes you feel insane because you have to go against your somatic feelings. So you feel like you're almost lying to yourself, but we're really just creating new pathways to have a better life. Okay. So define somatic feelings. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Bodily sensations. So like that anxiety, that fear, like, like if you've ever had a headache and you tell yourself you don't have a headache, like it's kind of like that type of scenario, right? You're going against what you feel in your body. Ah, interesting. I had a guest the other day who was describing a scenario about money, actually, And as she was describing it, my emotions, just as she was describing it on the podcast, was anxiety. And I'm not a highly anxious person. So that was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. So you would explore things like that. Yeah. Explore things like that. Um, I mean, this is where exposure therapy can be great too for for healing from trauma because you're exploring stuff. So I'll give you one for where I I had a weird sickness in um, 2019 that made me shut down my practice for a little bit because my brain felt like it was literally on fire. And I was headed to John Hopkins to figure out like what's going on. It was so painful that I was like, okay, I've just got to figure things out. And I started to study 
how to rewire your brain when it comes to symptoms. Because what you have to remember with sickness, 98 to 75% of all mental and physical illnesses really come down to your thoughts. Only 2% to 25% are due to genetics and the environment. So sickness is really about your psychology and the manifestation of like deeper soul wounds and stuff like that. And when I would have this pain, I, I would tell myself I'm healed. I feel great. I'm doing things that I love. Nothing bothers me. So you feel like you're insane because you have this excruciating pain in your head, but you're talking a different route. And in time, I actually walked out of that and ended up walking out of an autoimmune disease too. And I get tested every year to make sure I truly don't have one anymore. And just doing things like that and visualizing my success and and living in that present moment and, and working towards a goal that I had in that approach aspect in that positive way in time, I walked right out of it. And I've helped other people do the same thing. I mean, even with like, if you're allergic to to perfumes, like your brain goes the direction of your thoughts and people don't realize this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very true that you, you know, think your reality. We talk about that on my team, you know, things we're careful about how we word things with marketing and things that go out. It's like, Hey, let's, this sounds negative. Let's twist it around and and make sure we can say the same thing from a positive angle. And it's it's always a struggle actually with marketing because some of the research there suggests that that negative angle gives you better results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fear <laughs> and I, right, because you're you're playing towards those those natural feelings that people have. So let's let's jump back to the first example that I gave of one of your successes. You had an entrepreneur that you worked with who raised 1.3 million 90 minutes after your first session. Of course, keeping confidentiality. Can you talk about that? Yes. So um, he's one of my favorite clients. um, And I'll have to say, if you've ever seen the show Billions, I do a lot of what Wendy Rhodes does, the performance coaching. And so um, he wanted someone like that and he was really gung-ho for it. So you have, I have to acknowledge his willingness to listen and trust me because it's very imperative when you work with a therapist or a coach. And all we did is we, we just talked about, you know, what is it he, he needed to raise money quickly. And we just talked about like, what do you need to do? Who do you know? What's the mindset you need to be in? And I just worked on like pumping him up, getting his um, strengths together, encouraging him, leveraging some optimism, cognitive skills, because you have to remember that to develop optimism in the brain, that's a whole different set of cognitive skills as like defeating depression or sadness. It's two different worlds. We talked about, you know, worst case scenario, just to prepare him because he was a little bit more of that anxious individual, but we really focused on the goal. I mean, I think we had like a 90 minute session before he had this phone call. And um, I think he called three people and ended up raising that much money, which is insane to me, right? Like that's awesome in that aspect. And um, it was really more about the interpersonal skills too, kind of going back to, you know, words matter and marketing of what are the words that we need to communicate to the people in order to get that positive feedback. There's lots of psychology and, and social media uses this, lots of psychology that you can use to get people to do what you want them to do. Influencing is a real type of psychology at the end of the day. And so we just leverage some of those fundamental principles so that we could naturally have more favor of people. So positivity is basically a a skill that you can work on and do exercises like you would if you wanted to build your biceps. In fact, that's the brain in general. Use it or lose it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And and unfortunately... Most people have overdeveloped, um, I believe, the right side of their prefrontal hemisphere, which means it's going to be overly negative and you're going to live more of an avoidant lifestyle. And so your amygdala becomes extremely dominant. 
And when your amygdala is dominant, you're in trouble because you're in survival mode. You're not in your prefrontal cortex, which makes us human, which makes us make good decisions. And survival mode is that flight or fight, and it creates stress, cortisol, weight gain. Am am I on the right track with that? (laughs) You nailed it. And here's the freaky part. It also changes the way your brain is wired. So we're supposed to be wired prefrontal cortex to our limbic system where your amygdala lives. Unfortunately, when you have trauma or you're constantly in survival or you're in stress, it goes limbic to prefrontal cortex. And that's Mm. not the correct wiring. And unfortunately, the amygdala, when it's when it's been enlarged, because you know, we we grow the places in our brain um, that we use the most, it can detect a threat in less than a nanosecond. And that is a nanosecond that can lead you down the wrong path quite quickly. And and honestly, that that had to be there because that's how our ancestors survived. But we're in a very different world and the stressors are very different. We don't have, well, you might have lions coming at you, but most of us don't. <laughs> I don't anymore, but it was fun. It's a great story, right? Like, oh, I almost got mauled yeah, by a lion. Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. So tell me a little bit more about the, the work and, you know, the process that you take people through to do that rewiring. So first I have to have a consultation in the sense of I got to listen to like what's going on with that person. This is where I focus really intently on their linguistics because I'm trying to figure out where is their brain impoverished because I've got to figure out those regions so that we can start to feed those areas to create at least a more healthy and balanced brain. So big picture, I'm listening to avoidance speech and approach. I do assessments to to make sure that what I'm seeing and what they're saying is congruent because there's many times where I've had clients and they're they're telling me A, B, and C. They go through all these assessments and I'm like, you have no idea who you are, do you? This is the biggest <laughs> issue. Like you're not congruent. Like you you are so in your shell. Um, and then I listen for like codependency and other areas that are really going to stunt a human's uh, emotional intelligence growth. And then from there we tweak. I want to make sure what their goals are too, so I can move forward. But I'm I'm a little different than some of the average coaches and therapists out there because I really partner with my clients because life happens outside of the sessions. I'm sorry, you're not going to get much done in a session. There's 168 hours in a week, give or take. And so if if I see you for one hour, I'm competing against 167 hours of where you're doing. I have no idea what. So the chances for your changing is really slim, quite frankly. And so this is why my clients like me, because when you have a dilemma or when you need something, you can reach out and you can call me and we can do it right then. I also help them learn their thinking errors because 90% of our thoughts are the same every single day and 80 to 99% of those thoughts can be negative. That's awful. (laughs) Like we've got to change the narration. You got to think about something better. And then I teach them some cognitive skills and, um, excuse me, optimistic cognitive skills and performance therapy. A lot of people don't know how to think like a champion. I mean, I really didn't until I had the the privilege of working with some amazing professional athletes. And um, I've worked with some, or I know a few people that it's like the 1% of the 1% of Delta Force. And holy crap, their psychology, it's like they just, it's like they walked out of a champion psychology or warrior psychology textbook because it's insane how they think compared to the average person. And so I try to tweak everyone's brain to be more hopeful and positive and not worry about the negativity because most people live in the future or live in the past. You can only make decisions right now though. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, as far as the Delta Force, I mean, that that's a requirement for them. I, I work with some military uh, nonprofits and, you know, the elite, they are trained very differently. Isn't it amazing? It's very mm-hmm. much just like, 
Whoa, fascinating. <laughs> it's very fascinating. And, you know, we know through MRIs and just neuroscience research that some of these elite military individuals, their brain depicts fear differently. Like where fear would register in their brain, it's wired differently. And mm-hmm. so if we know that the brain is plastic in the sense that we can rewire it, then we can take all of these traits of other people and implement it and then go that direction. It's going to take time, but you can tweak your neurology. We've proven this. Hmm. I love it. So the first thing you do is obviously a consultation, figure out where they are and take them through some exercises. Can you give me an example of one thing our listeners could do today that could help them? Yes. Um, I wish more people would do it, but they don't. So I call it the I am challenge. And what you do is you write down your ideal self in present tense. So you would say, I'm loving, I'm a billionaire, I'm awesome, whatever your examples are, right? And keep it really short. And you want to remove all constraints like time, money, and skills. And you want to write down that list so clearly that like, you know, the neighbor you've never talked to before, when you talk to them, they get that clear imagery of what you want to be. And then you think about it every single day for 180 days straight for an hour a day minimum. The brain's a muscle. This is mental training. And what we found through data is that in 180 days, so six months, you'll be 90% there or have a clear idea on how to get there. Because what you think about is what we go towards. We we go towards our most dominant thoughts. Mm. So it's using that thinking to go there. And so I tell people to go on labyrinth walks where you don't have to pay attention on where you're walking, but you can just think and just recite your I am's and just go, I'm amazing. I'm awesome. I know it sounds a little woo. I don't like woo. But again, 90% of our (laughs) thoughts are the same every single day. So I'm trying to train people to think a different way so that we can start Mm -hmm. going that route. Most people fall off about, you know, five days in. And so I encourage people, you know, record yourself like this is you have to burn all the ships. If you want to change your life, you have to be willing to make it work and experiment because sometimes this stuff takes time. Absolutely. It, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day, so to speak. You know, you you've been running this long into the woods and it's going to take you a while to get back out, you know, and that's with every challenge that you face, whether that's weight loss or, you know, changing habits. So absolutely. You know, what should I have asked you that I haven't asked you yet? That's a good question. Let me ask you this. What is a consistent question that your uh, listeners are always wanting to know or get better at? So they're always concerned about growing their business. So maybe let's say, how can they apply this to success in their business? Well, I will tell you just statistically is to make sure you are optimistic. A lot of people are not optimistic or they say that they're realists, which really just means you're a pessimist. (laughs) I mean, I'm just putting it out there. But when you're optimistic, naturally, you have more trust. And people who have high trust, companies are reporting 74% less stress, 106% more energy at work, 50% higher productivity, 13% fewer sick days, 76% more engagement, 29% more satisfaction with their lives, and 40% less burnout. So my number one tip for people is to learn how to be optimistic because that's going to increase your trust, which actually increases your business productivity and growth. was well said. Thank you. (laughs) So Elizabeth, how can our listeners find you um, after today's conversation? 
Yeah. Um, they can go to my website, Elizabeth Lewis, L O U I S.com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn and I do have a free um, call to action for them if they want to learn their performance development assessment. So this performance development assessment is what I use with all of my clients and it scores you in 23 personality traits. And these traits are really important to know because you can see like, where is your trust right now? What's also pulling on your trust? Cause there's certain psychometrics we have to have to be successful, especially as entrepreneurs or in business or what have you. And they can go to elizabethlewis.com backslash performance dev ass. I didn't think about this link when I created it. (laughs) Which is okay. We're going to make sure it's in the show notes so that people can find it. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. All right, Elizabeth, thank you so much. I have very much enjoyed talking to you today. Oh, thank you so much. This was a delight. Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast where the focus is on business growth, technology, and people strategies to help your business thrive. At DCA Virtual Business Support, our focus is making your business operations run smooth so you can focus on growth. Reach out to me at denise at dcavirtual.com if you'd like to learn more.